0: Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Rolling Credits. We are on to week three of The Last of Us, and today we are joined by Pat and Gums. Kirby is missing. You boys ready?
1: Let's get done. I'm ready. Been ready, born ready, Bill and Frank ready.
0: Bill and (laughs) Frank ready. Nobody can ever be that ready. True. True. Before we get started into the to the gist of it all, I want to make sure that you guys follow us, um, hit us on Instagram at rolling underscore credits underscore Podcasts. From there, you'll find a link tree where you can find us on Spotify, Apple Music, um, our Discord channel, things like that. And there's going to be a lot of cool prizes and different giveaways that we have planned and different like theme nights. So you guys should definitely join our Discord. And uh, without further ado, let's get into the episode. Let's get it. So let's do it. Let's get it. So first things first. Um, you know, this was our first episode without that cold open. You know, with the first episode, we had the uh um that like t- the 70s TV show, I think it was, mm-hmm. um, talking about what would happen at the infection. And then, you know, the second episode was what happened in um uh India, right? Indonesia. It was-, it was in Indonesia. Jakarta. Yeah. Yeah, Jakarta. So um we had those cold opens what do you think of this change? You know, this being the first episode that it didn't have that. And do you think it's going to be kind of the norm moving forward? So um am going to start here with you, Pat. Um,
2: I did think it was appropriate for this episode and purely because, especially if you look at the first two episodes, like those cold opens were purely designed to give us information relative to the lore and story behind kind of the last of us that we didn't get from source material. Um, and so I think for an episode like this, that was pretty much that was pretty much all zero source material as it was you didn't need that cold open to really set up anything new that was going to drive plot points within the individual episode itself so i do think this is a one-off and i don't think this will be i bet you next week we wind up coming back i think we get back into cold opens and that they would get as they kind of weave in and out of story this might be what they do because i do think they're gonna have more episodes where they don't like, it goes completely off the board from the source material. And I think those are going to be the episodes we don't get cold opens. And I'm okay with that. I think that that makes sense.
0: Yeah. Gums?
1: Yeah, that actually makes a ton of sense. Uh, you know, anything they're, when they're going to kind of rewrite the storyboard just don't have one of those openings. But what if I were to say this to you? What if I were to say to you the entire Bill and Frank entirety of their of their sequencing was the cold open? Hmm. Hmm. Would it be what, what too- tell you That that whole love story that they gave to us was literally the cold opening with about ten to fifteen minutes of like episode about, you know, Elliot. And-
2: oh, and- you mean like you mean like I don't see like that Last of Us intro screen until like forty minutes into the episode.
1: Yeah. I mean, kind of like, you know what I mean? Ugh. Like, what if that whole entire segment, because you know how we had like, like yeah. Seth was saying, like we had the one in Indonesia and it just gave us a story and it like, it like reeled us in. And I really felt like, okay, they gave us this entire story. The drama was there, the romance, just everything, right? This heart, just, this this heart clutching thing. And then they became old and then that ended. And then we kind of get a little bit more of the, yeah, the concept. Ellie and Joel. Yeah. Well, and to your what if point if that whole too, thing was a cold open. That's
0: kind of it's cra- kind of a crazy thought, actually. Well, to your point, you have funny. that whole like that uh, you know lunch scene where you know Joel and um, Tess and Frank and Bill are all together, which was in the past, obviously. Yes. So what you're saying could make sense. Yeah, it could, and it could be shit. Like it could be kind of like you know a point to where it's like you know there is this whole like horrible virus that's going around this horrible infection this like horrible world but there's still love in it and there's still things you can find and that was the whole point of of that and mm-hmm. yeah i can see what you're saying gums that's that's a good point it's a good point just just something to think about
2: i will say if i had watched an entire episode and like 40 minutes in after like all of like how much emotion and stuff went into like that part of the episode. And then they just hit me with the intro screen. I would have been like, what the fuck am I watching? Like, yeah, yeah. Like, what the but hell is happening? Have no, I would, have been, have, I would have been locked in and I would have had another 20, 30 minutes of TV show to watch that I would have been really sucked into. Yep. So there's, I'll say there's an argument for it. I don't know if it would have worked okay. better, but I say I, there's
1: definitely an argument for it. For me, that's where I was kind of leaning. Like, that's what it felt like to me. Like, this whole separate story, so to speak, that they eventually intertwined, was the cold open for us. Sure, um, but I, I think that I think that what you said was correct too. Uh, the change—I I, I care neither here nor there for the change. Um, I care more about more about the content of the episode. So, if the cold opens are going to help us learn something and world build, I love it. Keep world building, right? And then this—this this really world built like this built yeah. the whole whole the whole thing about about these folks and people that we literally never meet like yes. like think about it ellie never met them like we didn't actually meet them oh yeah this all happened before this yeah cold opening <laughs> so anyway so like so like that's that's i like i'm neither here nor there it's just great world building and it was a way to tell a story about this person and just this amazing effect it had because um they didn't need to push the story along that fast. If you want to give me a filler episode, boy, this is the freaking way to give a filler episode. Mm-hmm. You still world built. You still gave us lineage to what is happening in the story and why it's there and why the truck's important, etc. and like how they're able to come up off of that. And um, I think that's what more people should like take note of. If you want a world build and you need to give like a fluff episode or a filler episode, this is what you need to do. Um, don't have them doing random dumb stuff, like do stuff like this. Listen, so
0: I'm going to interrupt you here for a second because and oh, I'm, I'm going done. off. I'm okay. Well, I'm going off topic for a second because a lot of people like complaints have been saying that it's just a filler episode, but I think it's the exact opposite because when you look at this story, like if you really dive into that episode, Bill is essentially Joel, like Bill was as down as Joel was. And hating the world has lost everything, thinks the world's out to get him. And by the end of the episode, you know that like, you know, Bill found Frank and Joel found Ellie. So I think the whole point of that is like in this world of darkness, there's still good in it. And there's still like love that you can like bring on to other people and bring in. And I think that was the whole point of it is to show the correlation between Bill and Frank and Joel and Ellie.
2: Oh yeah, and I don't think that necessarily I would disagree with you there, Seth. I think more from what Gums is talking about. I think it's more filler in the terms of like the actual progression from a timeline's point of view. Yeah. You would you would technically call it filler, right? Yeah. Because it was the the bulk of the episode did not exist within the forward progression of the two protagonists. It's more of background like story, off story to, to what the protagonists are doing. That in that sense, I think it's like from a broad spectrum point, a filler episode. But to Gums' point, and because of your point that you're getting into, it is the best way you could ever film a filler episode. Yeah. Because the filler episode yeah. mattered, like in exactly. almost every way. Like
1: because of you can always red flag a filler episode when it has like 30% of the main characters have screen time. Yes. You know, any any yeah. any more than you know what I'm saying? Like that's kind of what happened, right? We didn't get a lot of the the quote unquote main characters. Mm-hmm. But Like I said, like, man, if you want to fill an episode, this was a heck of a way to do it. Yeah, I think there's a lot of people that should take note of like, man, you can still world build. You can still progress it forward in tiny, short, choppy steps like they did. You can relate it back to the emotions of what needs to happen and how Joel needs to change with Ellie, like you said, Seth, right? Because the letter had said, and make sure you protect. And then they paused. And then he had to read it and it said Tess, right? So he was just like him. In the sense of all that, you know, hey, we hate people, blah, blah, blah. I don't. We don't even like each other, but we have these people that we're protecting, our loved ones. Oh, but hey, man, my loved one's dead, right? They're both dead. And then, boom, he's like, man, Tess is dead. Like, this sucks. Well, and, then, and then you got to turn to Ellie now and say, well, I still have something to live for. And that's like a short, exactly. choppy progression to the next step, right? Mm, so they yeah. did a, an amazing way of telling a Tying filler episode – Giving us all this information and world building and then tying in, tiring in this little choppy step forward of, okay, but now you've got somebody else to love. Like, this is why you care for this yeah. kid. And we haven't even got to his daughter, right? So it's just like, yeah, let's go.
0: And you know, at the end of the episode, they always have those like end things where they talk about the changes and things like that. I
2: forgot to watch it. Damn it. Yeah. Oh. So I
0: watched it. I watched it. And one of the things they said is that note was to remind Joel of his failures. And – Mm-hmm. Uh, basically to show him that he failed tests, And having Ellie there now is like he has something, like you said, Gums, to live for and to try to, like, get to safety and be the person he was meant to be, like Bill. Redemption. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, going back on topic to the question here real quick. <laughs> I don't know. There's so much good stuff in so this episode. Much.
2: There's just so much. Um,
0: I, I miss the cold open. I think those are great. I honestly don't think... I think this is going to be the norm moving forward, because if you really think about it, there isn't that much more they can do with the cold open. Like there is and there isn't. So like the first episode was to like really show the fear of what could happen. And then the second episode with the cold open is showing that infection and what happens to that person and like the magnitude of it. And it really tied in with like you see the um like the tentacle things coming out of the person's mouth Mm -hmm. and you see that at the at the end of the episode and both of those were to show the infected and to show like what they're actually up against whereas like we know what we're up against now we know how terrifying they are we know the magnitude of the situation so i'm on the other end of the spectrum with than you guys whereas like i don't think they're going to continue doing cold opens i hope they do and kind of explore it more but i really don't think there's really anything else they can do to like really show how much scarier that this world really is. I mean, those first two episodes get the fuck out of me. (laughs) Yeah. Those cold opens are terrifying. So that's my kind of two cents to it. Sure.
1: And, and I want to say one more thing here before we kind of get off. I just want to throw this tangent in there. Bill's name. Okay. Since it's the first time we're talking about Bill, let's talk about his name. His name is Bill Kentankerous. I believe that's how it's pronounced. Not science guy? I did, and I just think it's. I, I want to, I want, I really am curious to what the game designers had it, to mean here. <laughs> so his name would be Will I Am Cantankerous, right? Like William Cantankerous. <laughs> yeah, is that some type of like play on words where it's like Will I Am Cantankerous? Like I can, I can tank, you know, like a, a classic game tank, right? Yeah, yeah. Like I can hold up, I am a big defensive person and then what do you know he built like a defensive perimeter and it's like his talent that he protects and like i, think I don't know too i just thought it was something gone. Yeah, but you don't have a name like Cantankerous and not have like a special meaning behind it. So that maybe that's something for the producers. But I wanted to throw that out there to anybody listening. Can you decipher what they meant or what this name was supposed to be and mean? His name is William <laughs> Cantankerous. Is it Will I am
0: Cantankerous? I don't know. You know, figure it DM out. You know he ain't
2: directly, <laughs>
0: right? You know what? I think. That was a good time to shout out our sponsor, Vix Vapor Rub, because cantankerous sounds like something. Lavender yeah, scent. cantankerous sounds like something you'd put some lavender scent vapor rub on. <laughs> Just saying. Hey, there <laughs> Just saying. It's not actually our sponsor, but hey, Vix, if you're listening, hit us up. Shout us out. <laughs> Uh, moving on here, guys. Uh, so we open with Joel and Ellie traveling the woods, you know, west of Boston, which isn't really west of Boston. They got mountains and shit um, with a lot of big character development and lore before we go back to the story of Bill. Was there like a favorite interaction that you guys had during that opening scene of them, you know, walking along that path? And what um, was your reasoning for that opening, you know, that moment? So um, we're going to start with you, Pat. Uh, Okay, so... Or, for- go. yeah. I'll start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll start <laughs> it off.
2: So I wasn't ready. Sorry, you kind of threw me off. I, I know that's then, my bad. I read it wrong. I read it wrong. Um, no, but I think that even just like the first interaction when they open up in the woods, one one I got, I really have two favorite interactions there. But the first one being, you know, when Ellie starts to bring up Tess, because you remember this is fresh out after that past episode. They have just now left town. And she's freshly been, you know, sacrificed herself for the group. And, you know, Joel is feeling super weird and like kind of off-putting about it and kind of avoiding Ellie. And the moment that Ellie goes to say hey about Tess, Joel says, you know, I don't want your sympathy. And Ellie immediately throws it right back at her and says, you know. This The way that I see it, you guys had no business being with me here. You guys chose to do this. All you wanted was a damn battery. So don't blame me for things that aren't my fault. And I thought that that was such a great way to just kind of continue to explore that character development of Ellie because it just showcases how much it is like, you know, we're out here in this world fending for ourselves. Don't blame me because people get lost along the way. And I think it's a very big tell for how this story is going to play out, how this game goes on, how everything kind of happens, that people are going to die and it's not going to be fun. Like, and it's not something that we're going to be able to get hung up on. You need to move forward. It's the frick. It's basically a zombie apocalypse, dude. Like, yeah. what do you think was going to happen here? And I think that that was a very good way to open up that episode because it made kind of had to snap Joel back in a little bit too. Um, and I also really loved the, the stash scenes for multiple reasons, but I'm going to stick to that one because I think that that was probably my favorite as well.
0: I also agree. That was my favorite too. Um, just because we finally get to see Ellie stand up for herself and really just like hammer home how like strong of a individual she really is. And it's like, you know, you guys brought me along. Like it, you didn't have to do what you did. Like, it's not my fault. And I think that was the first time like Joel also really realized like the magnitude of this situation. Yes, I agree. So I wholeheartedly agree with your full answer. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah Gums, what about you? So Sweep? Yeah, so
1: I mean <clears throat> I think my favorite part Of 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 that in the opening Was actually um, When Ellie was speaking about Like, hey, there's a lot more bugs out here Than I thought And then she started ask, asking about A thousand questions um, And I think that was Super cool, right? So They kind of open with that Boston scene. She asks like a billion questions and it just shows her like being a kid. You know what I mean? Like I think that's super cool. Mm -hmm, And I think that's kind of overlooked because she's never been outside. She asks a billion questions like any other kid, no matter if it's a pandemic or an epidemic or whatever's happening. And I I think that was just – Great on my, like, that's my favorite part of the
0: scene. Same with the planes, her bringing up the planes. Like, I've never seen those before. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you got to
1: fly. Like, you got to do this. I mean, and then it cuts to the end, and the end kind of relates to the beginning of like, Oh, look at this cool spaceship. It's a car, you know? Mm -hmm. But I I really want to highlight that point because that that was probably my favorite, like, interaction in the beginning. And it was just to show, like, Ellie's literally never been out in the world, and she's still a child, and she does child things. Yeah, sure.
2: I, I actually I want to kind of expand on your because I'm really glad you brought this one too up uh, this one up, too, actually, because it's such a great commentary on it's another theme in this episode, which is time. And because of the way this episode jumps in time so frequently, and it showcases just like how crazy this this era is that like you forget that Ellie was basically born in a QZ zone, yeah you know, and that she's never seen the outside like anything outside of a QZ zone. And then it just goes into this like bigger idea of oh yeah that's right those everyday things that you and me know in our in the real world outside of the show are something that like are just so foreign to this girl and I think that that's such a interesting way to showcase like how fin how like weird time can be in this in this universe because it showcases that just like. Ellie has a different understanding of the world than Joel, who has a different understanding of the world than Bill or Frank or Tess. And everybody It just showcases it so well in this scene. So I'm really glad you
0: called that one out because I completely agree. That's a great scene. It really is. So moving on here, uh, you know, we got to talk about Bill and Frank. It was such such a great episode. And, you know, if you spent any time on the Internet these past few days, Every person is calling this one of the best, you know, the best love stories ever told. What do you guys think makes this story so compelling? And, you know, to the viewers, and what was your favorite part of this section of the episode? Like, is there something that really stuck out to you? So, I'll go first here. So, for me, the reason I think it's just one of the best love stories is you have two incredible actors. You have Nick, Nick Offerman and Murray Bartlett and i think they did such a phenomenal job of showing you know what it's like the isolation during something like this the the fear and then finding love in like such a horrible world and situation you're getting kind of every element of what somebody would go through in such a situation i mean bill literally was in this town by himself feeling lost feeling hopeless mm-hmm. and this person just shows up and it's like it changes his world and it makes him want to live And that kind of brings me to the, you know, to the point where it's like, what was your favorite parts, you know, favorite section of this? And it was kind of just like tying it all together. Kind of like I said earlier, you know, their storylines match up kind of with Joel and Ellie's and it was, you know, Nick Offerman, you know, um, why can't, oh, Bill, I couldn't Mm -hmm. think of his name for a second. It was Bill basically telling, you know, um, Frank that he was his purpose. Like he was the reason he kept going. He kept moving forward, and there was one scene that I have to say before I pass it on to you, uh, here, gums. The strawberry scene. I love Nick Offerman's laugh. That little <laughs> like, he, like, was the most adorable fucking thing ever. So, <laughs> over oh, something
2: that, so simple as a strawberry. Like, oh,
0: yeah, exactly. Like right? that simple, is another thing. Yeah.
1: But such a lost like. Think about that. You haven't done strawberries in like ten years.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's been a decade. You've never had a strawberry. Like,
0: but yeah, Gums, so, what do you think? Yeah. So,
1: I mean, great, great points there, Seth. Um, so I guess, what do you think makes this story so compelling to viewers? And, and what's your favorite part of this section of the episode? So I really had some time to think about this and and I'll be, I'm going to just go out there. and I'm going to say this. Um, this, I don't know if I can say, hey, this is like the most well-written love story of all time. Because there's so many. Um, there's a Zoe Zoe Seldana movie out there right now. Um, I forget the name of it and I can't recall. I believe it's on Netflix, but man, that's that's up there. Um, but what I can say is is that this is probably the most well-written, unforced, natural. Yeah, like progression that we've ever had of um, our LBGTQ community. Like when we talk about things being forced and things being like clearly put in there, you know, just to fill a bucket or check a marker. Like you can feel that. You can feel that it's not authentic. But this was written in a way where it's like, man, like this is very authentic. This Mm -hmm. feels real. Yeah. Like it's not over the top with it. And it's not shallow. It's a man that's been alone all his life, hated the world. He hated it because he was in the he 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 wasn't open about his sexuality. And then he ends up finding somebody who, during a pandemic or epidemic or whatever you might call this, becomes a love of his life. And he only finds that love towards the end of his life. Yeah, right. So this this. This episode is called Long, Long Time. And wouldn't you know it, it's based off the song that they sung on the piano.
2: Oh, that's a good call. I didn't know that.
1: Yeah, That's what it's based off of. Yeah. So if you're kind of connecting the dots, you know, Linda Ronstadt, I believe her name was, is and now you can kind of just like see like they had this intertwining love story that was was just Developed brilliantly, really like like every little thing mattered and every big thing mattered, too. Um, So I just wanted to put that out there. This was the most authentic version of of a story that we could get that represents the actuality of sexuality right now in America or maybe even other places around the world. And it didn't feel forced and it didn't feel rushed. And I really think that is what everybody's really trying to say. And I think that's what everybody's so happy about, because. It was real love and it felt authentic. And, and I Pat, think that's what people want to say.
0: Before you go, and I that kind of goes back to my point of like how incredible the acting was from both of them. Like they deserve Definitely. some fucking awards.
1: Like I think, yeah, even that single episode, just like yeah. a best you know, best like runner. Supporting cast actor or, whatever. Yeah, or yeah. best
2: casting, <laughs> like, like, they or whatever, really need like whatever it might be. Like
1: it needs he, to show love to that. Because you don't it. even you don't even realize, like like I said, Pat, you don't even realize wink wink, that's a cold opening the whole time. Mm-hmm. Like that whole cause it yeah. starts off and then you're just in it. And you don't realize that you're only gonna see twenty minutes of Bill and, and, and or excuse me, Joel and Ellie. So you're like you're just in it. You're yeah. just like living it and like figuring out what's happening. Listen, and that it, has shit made me tear up. <laughs> it has just as much suspense. It has just as much suspense. In the romance portion as it does have in this dramatic uh, infected world portion. So, like, when you can get that and you can be so invested and then realize, oh, that's not even, like, really moving the episode forward. That's just, like, its own thing inside a bubble that was amazing. Then it kind of sinks in. You're like, man, that was damn good. Like, all right, cool. What's next, you know? Yeah.
2: No, definitely. And I want to kind of I kind of want to go off of both of your points, because I, I I think you guys are both really hitting it on the head here, because I think as I watched this episode and I watched this story, you know, towards the beginning, especially when, like, you know, Frank first falls in the hole, especially after you've gotten a lot of this backstory on Bill and that first interaction when they're in the house the The way that they choreographed, down to the specific movements and steps that happen in between, like the interaction between Bill and Frank, are really just kind of what set this whole thing up. But even me, initially, I was kind of like, "Man, this is kind of moving like kind of quickly a little bit between these two a little bit." And I'm like, "Is this kind of like almost?" But then you kind of have to pull yourself out of it and realize, "Oh yeah, that's right. These Bill hasn't seen another human being for three, four years." At this point, you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'd assume his human interaction skills aren't necessarily tip top. Right. Yeah. So like it kind of helps build that. And then the way that they are able to kind of create the interaction first in that first scene in the build in in their house and then just start to. Gradually, just take it up and up and up and up to the point where you're now okay. I'm so vested in this couple that like I I can't understand what's going to happen to them now. That I think that's just such something that's so beautifully done, and the way that they are able to just kind of to increase that out all the way through, I think is just a really beautiful way to do things. And I still, I, I, as sad as it was, I do think my favorite section from it is kind of their last dinner, you know, and that he makes the same dinner. That he made that night when Frank fell in the hole yeah. and that he has the same mm-hmm. wine and that like everything that like, is so choreographed so perfectly. And so like this whole buildup came to fruition and it all ends the way that it started it was just a beautiful way to close out that story. So I think that's probably what did it for me.
1: Yeah, yeah, I didn't necessarily find it sad either. I mean, I didn't necessarily find it sad. I, 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 I thought I, it was
2: just a really beautifully told story. I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I, I, a like, lot of people
1: were saying like they were crying and like they're emotional. Okay. And like, I, I really didn't, I didn't really get that like the, the emotional about it. You know what I mean? I didn't feel that from it. I just was like, man, that was a damn well ri- written piece. Like, yeah, I that,
2: would yeah, agree like, with you.
1: That was like Shakespearean. You know, it's just like a little play within a within a the role of the show. And I was like, man, I was like. I, when he when he got you know shot and um, I was like oh he's gone that's it yeah man, he got he got hit in the gut and then all of a sudden it like goes to when they're old and and Seth correct me if I'm wrong I think you said he might have uh, MLS, MLS? Yeah. or MS yeah. not MLS but MS M- MS um, yeah and uh, I was like whoa, whoa like what happened here and my only knock on the entire episode it was because it was the only thing that like took me out of the element of this of those scenes was when they like aged him up I was like man. <laughs> i was like what i was like man there's some don't look right about this makeup man. It's like, they were from like 50 to 97 and it's just like totally looks like they put that plastic on them and i was just like laughing because i was like yeah it's fine you know they're on their they're popping pills in the champagne at this point it's fine we'll let it ride yeah so.
2: i think i think i think gums too i think we're all I'll kind of agree with you a little bit is that um uh what should i call it Wow, I totally just lost my train of thought there for a second. But yeah, I, I mean, like the, the age up was kind of interesting in, in itself. But I think I, in terms of like getting choked up for it, I think I definitely got more choked up for Sarah uh, in the first episode. Oh, when, yeah. You know, when they're doing that escape scene and, and Sarah gets shot. Uh, I I do think that, that probably hit me a little bit more emotionally in the impact in that scene. than I would agree with you that the Bill and Frank scene I saw is more as this Shakespearean experience where I was like, even when that part of it chapter, I was like, that was just beautiful. That was just, like, so well done. like More like, like, bravo, like, on everything that happened there in that sense, yeah.
1: Yeah, I felt enamored by connecting the dots more so than, like the the sadness of it mm-hmm. while while the in itself it was sad but it was just like i couldn't help but look at it and be like man that's a beautiful piece like yes like yeah, the, when right? they took the wine and they you know they connected this and then they sung the song and then mm-hmm. like all that stuff kind of just connected so well i was like jesus Listen, these people really like took their
0: time if kirby was so. here he named every single wine that was popping up on the screen so
1: he would <laughs> for
0: that um uh, moving on here you know this was our first episode where nearly 100% of it, you know, the content of this episode was a departure from the departure from the source material, the video game. Um, what do you think of this departure? And why do you think the producers decide to make such a large change for this episode? And I'm going to start with you, Pat.
2: Yeah, so for those who don't know... Um who maybe didn 't play the video game the the pretty much the entirety of bill's storyline in the video game is you show up in his town looking for a car and you 're looking to get a whole uh, looking for him because he 's going to give you a car. he then kind of makes a couple comments about how he used to take care of somebody that he loved or whatever and that he's no longer with because he's a lone wolf. You weave in and out of this town fighting a bunch of walkers and clickers, and then eventually you get into this house where you see a man hanging from the ceiling. And then Bill tells you that that was Frank and that was his partner. That he, That's when you kind of the reveal that Frank was a gay man who loved this man. They had a falling out and he wound up hanging himself because he got bit by runners and clickers and didn't want to turn. And that's how you get a hold of the car battery versus obviously the whole story that we see. And then eventually Joel makes the car battery. So I wanted to give a little bit of background into that before answering this question, because I thought that this was so well done and I think that there's a very important distinction there in between like what played out in the game versus what we saw in the show. You know, the, the the scenes in the video game play out very well for you to progress as a character and still get action throughout as your video game character to explore for an item that progresses the story. I don't think that that translates well to the actual scene in the show. So I think that the producers will be able to say, OK, we know people like this character, Bill. And whatnot, we he has this kind of backstory with Joel and whatnot, but we don't really know how deep. So they just said, "Fuck it, let's just build this really great story. Let's change some stuff and like you make it so that Joel and Tess both knew Frank beforehand because that wasn't in the game either, and just." Kind of wipe it through, and I think that that was done in such a beautiful way. And I, I gotta get tip my hat hats off at the very end because while almost all of it wasn't from the game, the last like six lines of dialogue in the truck when Ellie pops in the tape, and then the zoom out into the into the uh, the windowsill the lines directly ripped from the game in that windowsill yeah. is the title screen to the damn video game. So it's almost like the producers knew how well they did and just told all the audiences, yeah, we just fucking did that. So don't be mad. Right? Like we just did this shit so goddamn well. <laughs> yeah. So please, yeah. for the love of God, don't relax. We will get some more video game stuff in the next episode. Just appreciate yeah. how great this was. And so I, yeah. I, I will tip my cap. You guys did it. You, hey, I'm not, no complaints here. And I, I thought it was very good. I thought it was awesome.
0: Gums?
1: Yeah, I mean, in all honesty, as as much as you say that, you know, as much as they didn't use from the video game, that was clearly like a video game opening. Yes. Like we've all played like Horizon and stuff where you go through and do this whole mission or Last of Us. You go through to the mission and then music plays and it's the cutscene. You realize five hours later and and, and you're starting the game. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And that's kind of what that felt like. Like this episode felt like the start of the journey because that's what it is, right? Yeah. You, okay, everything, they broke out, they did their thing, they've got the girl. Okay, we need to start this journey. So, okay, complete your task. And then, boom, cut to the music, a uh, little kind of a cut scene while you're driving around. And, you know, Red Dead Redemption did stuff <laughs> like this. Like, it was like that was really video game esque of them to do that. And then, like you said, then they took that line. So, you know, I thought that was really super cool and the departure from the video game source material it's got to happen because we need to have the drama in the video game you're going to be playing this character so you have you can role play you can do whatever you want but in this uh version of it you really have to truly um lead us down a path cinematically right so we can't choose our own path you have to lead us so i think they're going to depart more that's completely fine. But what they have to continue to do is stay true to the video game esque roots. Um, and that's all they have to do. Like this was this was a great intro to the start of the journey. Um, they're using some lines and some of their most famous lines in, in putting them at the beginning, the middle and the end of like each episode. So that way we still get that feel for like the most important dialogues. Um so yeah, like I'm all for it. I don't care if you you go from it. Ninety nine percent of the people that are watching this probably haven't even played the video game. True. Uh, maybe that's a little There's high, a but. You know what I mean? Like they're enjoying it still, and I think they should continue to do what they're doing. And my fear is, is that they've already pre-recorded all these, and they didn't know the response was going to be this amazing. And then they start deviating on accident because you know, <laughs> obviously, they've already done these episodes. Yeah. Um. So. Like, yeah.
2: Like man, these guys—the first two episodes—they really loved how true to the source we were, and then we're looking at episode <laughs> nine, like,
1: oh shit, whoops, this <laughs> didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. It, and that's why I think the producers made this change, too, because it gives them so much more flexibility Yes, to be able to put what they need to put in. Right. Mm-hmm. So it allows us to now be flexible. Uh, but a heck of a start to the hero's journey here. Um, I'm very much so looking forward to what's next. And as a person who only played like a part of the game, got killed by a bunch of clickers, got frustrated with it as if I was playing Dark Souls before I knew what Dark Souls was. <laughs> like, I had no patience for that game and I put it down. And so now I'm living like everybody else. And and Seth said he would uh, let me borrow his copy for the PS5. Yep. So I'm excited.
0: Yeah, I I'm also in the same vein as you guys. I think it was the best decision to move this story forward and kind of, you know, going back to a lot of what I've said previously is it it does a good job of kind of showing the ramifications of the situation that they're in. Um, whereas like the game was kind of like a quick, you know, in and out situation. It didn't really do anything in the game to move the story. Whereas I think this actually does like, you know, what I was saying earlier, it shows the parallels between Joel and Ellie and Frank and Bill, um, you have that aspect of it. And then just, it kind of just within the show just shows us how crazy this world is. And it just shows like what a weight that is on somebody and, you know, like the fear, the isolation, the love, all of that. So I think it kind of goes full circle and I honestly don't think they could have done a better job. Like that was, Mm -hmm. it was fantastic.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I, I am excited for future episodes. Like every single episode I've liked more than the next or more than the last. And this is like the first show, honestly, in a long time where I'm like, I want to go back and watch that episode again, right after I'm done. Mm -hmm. Like it's that good. And yeah, I mean at that point, Gums, I, we've said enough here. Gums, take us off. Take us home.
1: <laughs> a message from us, a message from Linda Ronstad. Because we've done everything we know to try and change your mind, I think you're going to miss us for a long, long time. Let's keep it rolling.